0: You may take Captain Solo to Jabba the Hut after I have Skywalker. He's no good to me dead. He will not be permanently damaged.
1: What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. The Empire
0: will compensate you if he dies. Put him in! Ah, uh, good Okay, Barak. Que It seems your mission was a success, Bounty Hunter. From this point, I will deal with them myself. I'm in the guild! You are a guild member? I thought I was the
1: only one on assignment. That makes two of us. So much for the element of surprise. Sadly, I must ask for your fob. I've already issued the writ of seizure. The bounty is mine. Unless I am mistaken, you are as of yet empty-handed. This is true. I have a suggestion. Proceed. We split the reward. This is acceptable. Great. Now let's regroup out of harm's way and form a plan. I will, of course, receive the reputation merits associated with the mission. Can we talk about this later? I require an answer if I am to
0: Welcome everyone from across the universe. To the Wampas Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClair and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampas Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast. This is episode number 445, Top 5 Bounty Hunter Moments. I am, as always, going to be host, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Embo to my Cad Bane. We've got Carl LeClaire. Merrick, put that down! Oh, hey, Jason!
1: I would try to do an Embo voice, but I can't. So I invite you. Can I hear some Cad Bane?
0: Here we go. I I, I didn't didn't have a line ready. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Um, that's right, everybody. Yourself to be in my power as long as everyone behaves. This will be quick and painless. There you go. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Um, so
1: you know, as we inch ever closer to the premiere of the Book of Boba Fett, which, as of this recording date, is just over a month away. Uh, we figured that would be a great time. Years ago, Jason, we did a top five bounty hunters episode, but I figured like this is a, this would be a good time to talk some of our favorite bounty hunter moments. Though, what are those? What are those moments across the the universe of Star Wars from the little bits of the movies, but mostly like the animated shows that get us excited about some of these incredibly iconic bounty hunters from Star Wars? So excited to bring you that this week in the episode. Um, but Jason, before we do. Before we get into all these bounty hunters, which, of course, King of the Bounty Hunters for me is Embo. What? Who said that? I did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, we did have a uh, a poll from the previous episode where we asked you all which you would rather. It was another round of Would You Rather, which was, of course, would you rather watch Episode 2, Attack of the Clones with Hayden Christensen or Empire Strikes Back with Mr. Mark Hamill? And Jason, what did folks have to say they would rather do?
0: Well, uh, it was a little one-sided. I'm disappointed to report. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, watching Attack of the Clones with Hayden Christensen came in with 20 votes. Watching the Empire Strikes Back with Mark Hamill came in with 57. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, a bit one-sided. Yeah, uh, let me see, Car- Carl, um, which Empire Strikes Back did you fall on this time?
1: <laughs> no, I actually would pick uh, Attack of the Clones. Um, really? Yeah, because uh, somebody made this comment. I'm, I'm stealing – and I apologize. I don't remember who it was, but I'm going to kind of steal their, their – uh, the energy of what they had to say, which is Mark Hamill has been talking a lot about Star Wars for 40 years. And I feel like most of the stories we've heard them, you know, at conventions, he's always telling stories we've mostly heard and I'm not shaming it, but it's like, I just feel like Hayden would be, it'd be just really cool to get his perspective. Nobody ever really asks him. And I feel like in an intimate setting like that, cause Hayden is such a shy person, um, you know, he, he might actually come out of his skin a bit and like, actually, if I asked him direct questions, I'm sure he'd have answers. So just like based on what we've had over the years, I like, guess in a lot of ways, I think Mark Hamill would He'd be a lot more fun in a way he's a very fun person, but nobody like nobody really talks to Hayden about those intricacies about making a star Wars movie or or what how he understood the character of Anakin more directly I mean he put a lot of study into that role and, and a lot of study that doesn't get enough credit so I feel like it'd be really fun to have those types of conversations with him and frankly, I'd rather look at him he's gorgeous so <laughs> um so yeah i put put me down for 21 then with hayden we can drink together
0: now there you go <laughs> there's 21 of us we can all have a beverage well, well, uh, i'm gonna join you there um will we'll sit on the couch uh yes. with hayden and watch attack of the clones together because that's where my vote went um for many of the same reasons number one yeah uh, mark has been telling stories about empire uh for years and years and he can only tell the, the same stories so many times um i think it would be more entertaining to watch a movie with mark hamill because mark hamill i think is just that kind of person but definitely i would rather watch attack of the clones with hayden christensen um just to get kind of get his take on like you said get his take on stuff but also, you know, since I enjoy the movie so much, it might be nice for him to just see somebody who really enjoys Attack of the Clones, and not is not just there to make fun of it. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So that's uh, that's where I would go. So they give us a final tally of fifty-seven for Empire Strikes Back with Mark Hamill, and twenty-two for Attack of the Clones with Hayden Christensen. Um, your hosts, all you know. Sitting on the couch with Hayden this time, so <laughs>
1: I know. for, our, uh, I'm
0: pretty sure that's where uh, Katie's vote would have gotten when we talked with her last time. I'm so, fairly certain Katie uh,
1: would have thrown it in with Hayden as well. I, I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if she picked Mark. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, so yeah, we've got a we've got a poll for you at the end of the episode based very much on said episode so I'm sure you will not be shocked but stick around for the end to hear what that poll is and one last little piece I just want to do a quick quick little updates on what's what's coming around the pipe um, so next week's episode I actually recorded technically now it'll have been a week early it was so fun last night I had uh, you know two of my closest friends Ben and Greg over here to talk to them about what it's been like raising their kids on star Wars and that, and how that's shaped and to help them develop their own sense of fandom. It was a wonderful conversation. I loved being able to record with them in person in my star Wars room. We had a great time. Um, so that, that episode will be coming out next week. I can't wait to bring it to y'all. And, uh, then this afternoon, had the fortunate uh, opportunity to, to hop on a podcast with our friend Mike Cohen, who, who does you know all the shows over at Thunderquack Podcast Network, to talk about the new Ghostbusters movie. I, it, if you follow us on social media, you've probably seen I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. I was down in New York City last weekend with Joe Hogan to see it for the premiere. We suited up, had our proton packs on, had a great time. So uh, Joe was supposed to join us for the podcast today, but he unfortunately wasn't able to make it last minute. So Mike and I had a great time talking about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Afterlife. So if, if you saw that movie, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, uh, that is going to be a special episode hitting on Thanksgiving Day for all of you. If, if you feel inclined to listen to us uh, talk about Ghostbusters.
0: Yeah. So, sounds like a lot of fun. I have not seen it yet, but the movie does look great. So... It's based on what I know of you, Jason, and I've gotten to know
1: you pretty well and your, your movie tastes over the past decade, I think you'd really like it. <laughs> so... Excellent. It's, it's it's got a lot of really fun, young energy and tremendous heart. It's 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 a great movie. It's very different from the other Ghostbuster movies, but also very incredible. So, anyway, yeah, Excellent. yeah. If you want to hear me and Mike kind of ramble about that for a bit, that'll that'll hit your earbuds on Thanksgiving Day. Um, but uh, but Jason, we got some bounty hunters to talk about.
0: We don't need this scum.
1: Ugh, Firmus Piet was very firm about that. <laughs>
0: yeah he didn't be scum but but here they are they're here to stay like the gum on the bottom of your shoe you just can't get rid of them um
1: so So, well jason it wouldn't be Wampus lair top five if we didn't have a couple honorable mentions am i right
0: (laughs) right exactly you know we 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 should just call these top sevens or top sixes depending on how many honorable
1: but if we called it a top seven episode, we know that it would be then become a top nine because we'd have two honorable mentions then.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so we keep it this way we,
1: for that reason.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so do you want to go first or should I go
1: first? You talk first. I talk first. It's just hard to understand you with that uh, apparatus. Uh, I'll, ju- exactly. I'll, ju- I'll jump in. Um, okay. So I'm going to take us first to the very first episode of The Mandalorian and it's the bar fight right at the beginning of the episode i love this little scene you know he comes in with that you know that the that howling horn instrument you know that uh ludwig wrote for us uh it gives you that very western feel and in comes this lone this lone gunfighter if you will his cape waving in the in the wind and he doesn't say a damn thing, and I love that he just he rolls up, goes to the bar, you know, knocks over these other people's drinks because of the wind they're they're you know they're yelling insults at him doesn't he doesn't care a hoot. It's not until they come over and start messing with him that he just lays down the lawn on them and and the reason I really wanted to make sure this was on my list because again, I just love it. it's such a cool little fight moment, but it really just captured. What Mandalorian came from this whole episode, this whole series was bred from people's love of this mysterious character, Boba Fett, who had very little screen time. And we never really got to see Boba Fett do all the cool gadgety stuff that he had. I mean, we get very, very we we got next to nothing in Empire and Jedi. We see him fly on his jetpack and shoot a rope. That's really it. (laughs) Um, But here you've got here you've got like this guy using his armor showing off his fighting skills using you know using said armor to do some really cool stuff and uh you know like it's just (laughs) it's the mandalorian just laying down the law i mean he just he just rolls in there and just kicks some butt and he doesn't say a thing right like it's it's that it's that mysterious energy of who boba fett is in fandom uh and and it's it's this whole new character i just i love that scene.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a great scene. Uh did not make my list, but i i'm glad it got mentioned here because it is uh it's a a great scene to really kind of kick off the the series um the mandalorian and int- introduce this new character to us. Um so i'm glad it got mentioned here. I love it. It's a fantastic scene and of course ends with a rather brutal um not decapitation but uh and i don't know <laughs> I, yeah. he loses his legs um <laughs> by getting squeezed through a door yep. yeah it's not good it's not good yeah but it
1: is <laughs> so <laughs> uh, well what's your first honorable mention then
0: my first honorable mention is something that you probably have higher up on your list um and this comes from season two of the Clone Wars in the episode entitled Bounty Hunter. Mm. Uh, this is the, the scene where um, Anakin, Obi-Wan Ahsoka, and the uh, bounty hunters are training the villagers there on Felucia to uh, be able to fight back against Hondo and his gang. Okay, first of all, I was very tempted to put Hondo moments on this list, but he's not a bounty hunter. Right. He's a pirate and yep. a scoundrel, so I I, I, I had to, to, to tell myself no. <laughs> um, but uh, I squeezed him in here, sort of, uh, because his scout is watching, and uh, Suki sends Embo to deal with him. Uh, and we get a great scene where Embo chases down the scout, uh, gets into uh, a little... Fisty cuffs and uh, kills him rather handily. Uh, it's a great scene um, and a you know a fantastic moment to really kind of display uh, to all of us who are new to Embo at the time. This guy means business um, and is not to be trifled with. So uh, great scene and uh, worthy of being on my honorable mentions. Yeah. worthy of recognition in the archives of the Jedi Order. So. <laughs> Yeah,
1: well, I will reserve comment on that because it is, of course, higher up on my list. Uh, I when, when we first came up with this topic, I had been texting Jason. And I said, now, is it all right if I just put five Embo moments, three of which are from the Clone Wars and two of which are about my cat? Because, of course, I named <laughs> my cat after Embo. Uh, I just love this character. To be fair, after naming my cat Embo, my deeper love did set in because before I named him, I, I mean, I liked him. But I thought he was a cool character. But then I felt like an like I felt like a, a bond with him after I named you know my my cat after him. So, but my, my cat Embo is nothing like the bounty hunter Embo. This dude, he just eats and sleeps. That's his life. It's 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 pretty great though. Actually, he's very sweet. He's very loving. He would not chase you down and break your neck. <laughs> so, no,
0: no <laughs> um, Amos might, but yes, uh, it, or,
1: yes, my other cat Amos. She's she's quite feisty. <laughs> Um, but uh anyway well my next honorable mention i'm it's kind of embarrassing it's from the exact same episode of mandalorian but towards the end and it's the moment with uh when mando first meets ig11 uh really love this scene it's i mean it's first off it's just really comedic you know taika watiti's way of playing ig11 is so funny and and it's, you know, it's, it's this really funny juxtaposition of you have this really deadly assassin droid being very funny. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of uncomfortable. Um, and, and I love the joke where he's like, I, of course, will get, you know, credit, the, the merit credits. Um, and I, I like that little comment because it's like those merits that these bounty hunters earn is what makes them more marketable. Right. And, and when he first shoots Mando, he's like, I thought I was the only person, you know, I'm, I'm in the guild. You know, the Bounty Hunter Guild has been huge in the EU canon for years. So it was just really cool to have it specifically named here. Um, you know, they're they're part of this Bounty Hunter Guild. Uh, again, it's just it's a reminder that the, the world of scum and villainy in Star Wars is so huge and we've still barely scratched the surface of it. Um, but I like how there's this competition like, you know, IG-11 really wants those uh, those merit credits because, again, the more merits you have the more likely you are to get the the bigger jobs, you know, uh, and that's, that's what everybody's after. So they're seeking that marketability. Uh, and then it, it kind of similar to the the point I made with my, my first mention, um, you know, just like we all fantasized about what Boba Fett's gadgets could do for years before we really got to see them. And obviously we got, we definitely got to see what they could do in, in attack of the clones because of Django. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say even more like, Getting to then see IG 11 go into action and just, you know, become this like maelstrom of blaster fire. Because, you know, when you see IG 88, it's just a standing statue on the bridge of the executor. And now we see like what these droids are capable of. So again, it was just, it was just like this really fun homage to like fans who've been wanting to see these things in action for so long. Like granted, they've been in the comics. Like IG 88 has a great battle sequence in the shadows of the empire video game against dash Rendar. Like, so we've seen them to some degree, but to see it in live action like that, again, it was just this really cool imaginative force that we've had in our minds for, for so long. And then just got to see it realized. Uh, So yeah, that's my, that's my second honorable mention.
0: That's great. It's a great scene. I love it. Um, it I considered it for my list, but I had a couple things that ended up edging it out. Uh, so I you know IG11's intro there at the end of the chapter one of Mandalorian is fantastic um, and is a great, great scene. Um, however, I'm going to be taking us to the first episode of season two of the Mandalorian for my next honorable mention. Um, The, this is of course, chapter nine, the Marshal. but it has nothing to do with Tatooine. It's literally the opening sequence where Din goes to the fights um, and gets into a fight. So, um, (laughs) so the, uh, I love the moment. It's like, uh, he's like,
1: it's just, it's like an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Whenever Walker goes into a bar, you know, there's going to be a
0: fight. (laughs) Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely! Oh my gosh, I watched so much Walker. Texas so right did I. When I was <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm such sorry. Such a good show. <laughs> so anyway, um, but yes, uh, I love the moment where uh, he's being threatened, and he activates the whistling birds, and Grogu just kind of gives him that look, and just like, nope, and closes up his little bassinet, and. <laughs> hides <laughs> right before it all goes down, um, but then the fight's great. You know, he he goes against all the the gladiators and everything, and then he has to chase down the uh, the boss and leaves him there for the the creatures of the night uh, to deal with after he gets the information he wants. So it's a great scene. It's a great opening to the the season two adventures of. You know, Dinjarin and, and who we later find out to be named Grogu. Um I I, I love it. Uh because you, you see not only are his skills still as good as ever, but uh they're they're work they've worked together long enough that Grogu knows what to look for. Um <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and when to hide. <laughs> so yeah. so so yeah. yeah I, that's my that's my second honorable mention.
1: I, I honestly the only reason I didn't put anything from season two is because and again in, in my own headcanon, like Din's not really a bounty hunter in much of season two. He's he's on a different type of quest. So I'm not saying you're wrong to include that, because he's still technically right. a bounty hunter. But it's not he's not bounty hunting in that moment. But I it's cool how both both the first episode of the season one and two start with these like essentially bar fights. I so prefer the yeah. I shouldn't say sober for like it's that big of a disparity, but I I prefer the fight you're talking about it because he's also fighting like trained essentially Star Wars UFC fighters and he just kicks the crap right. out of them. It's awesome. It's so it's such a fun, f- such a fun, well choreographed fight sequence. But, yeah. Anyway,
0: I, I, there were moments um, I was kind of looking at in Mandalorian. I was like, but is he really a bounty hunter in this moment that I wanted to put on here? But I was like, nah. so I'm kind of with you on there. Um, with with some of this the mando stuff um, in terms of this list but this one i was like he's acting like a bounty hunter he's after information so and it's just a cool scene so i'm gonna put it on here anyways
1: (laughs) (laughs) no that's valid um well my number five um i'm gonna take us to attack of the clones and it's it's uh, Jason, you're going to be like, Carl, you're so boring, but it's the scene when Zam um, Zam Wessel meets up with Django on the uh, like promenade little space up there and, she, and he hands her the, um you know, the death worms. What are those he actually called? I don't even know. I'm embarrassed. Uh, what are those? What are those poison Cahoon. bugs?
0: Those are those are Cahoon. Cahoons. Um Yeah.
1: OK, thank you, man. What is wrong with me? I say I love Attack of the Clones. I don't even know those names. Anyway, um, but I just – I really like this because I honestly like I was – when I finished my list, this initially wasn't there and I was like, wait a minute. Um, and I I was just scrolling through something on Twitter that day and, and Savannah – um out of it. I probably said her last name wrong. She was on our show a while back. Savannah's wonderful, but she's been making her own Sam Wessel costume and she had just updated some some of it uh, she was sharing. And I was like, oh my God, how could I forget about the amazingness that is Django Fett and Zam Wessel in Attack of the Clones? So I quickly was like, I gotta get something with them on there. Um, and part of me was like, I should I should talk about the Django vs Boba or Django versus Obi-Wan fight from the other perspective. Like I always I love the rumble in the rain, but it's a huge testament to how badass Django is, more so than Obi Wan, right? This is a non Force user taking on a Jedi Knight and, and and doing some damage. But the reason I settled on this moment is, you know me, Jason. I love a good balcony scene. Um, you and. They're like just the way they interact with each other. The way Zam and Django interact is they've clearly had a history together. They they've worked together before. This isn't anything new, right? You know, a lot of people like to make fun of this. They're like, oh, geez, Django's the bounty hunter who sub subcontracts. It's like. I feel like Django works with other people, which is why we see Boba essentially join a a bounty hunting team shortly after Django dies. Like, I feel like Django ran in circles like he had folks that he worked with and Zam is one of them. So I just I like this moment because they talk to themselves not quite as equals because it's clearly she, in a sense, is working for Django here and. He's you know, he's telling mm-hmm. her like he's warning her, like, hey, you better pull it off this time, or you know, my client is gonna be real pissed. Um yeah. so I just you know, I just like this interaction with them. It's a reminder how bounty hunters aren't always they often aren't, it seems like, solitary figures, right? They right. they they often work together. I mean, it doesn't particularly make them friends, but they work together in order to maximize profit. <laughs> you know, and uh it's, it's just like it's, it's a cool shakeup of before Episode 2 came out, again, most of our understanding of who the bounty hunter was, was always like this solitary figure. That's the impression we got from from Empire. It's the impression we got from a lot of the Legends canon, except for um, uh, Forlom and Zuckus, of course. Those two like to work together. But it was just like right. a cool shake around of, hey, these bounty hunters, they work together like a really deadly bounty hunter like Django. It's like it's he's so he's so high end that, you know, blowing up a senator ship is beneath him. So he'll just contract that out to somebody else on his team. Yeah. So I just I enjoyed that, like that dynamic of how they're setting up, how bounty hunters work. Um, and, I, I, and I just enjoy the scene for that. Um, so, yeah, that's my number five.
0: I hit the ship, but they used a decoy. So we We'll know. have to try something more <laughs> z- subtle this time, Zem. Here, take these.
1: Zem, be careful. They're very poisonous. And Zem, there can be no mistakes this time. I don't know what that voice is. It, it became Watto. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it became like Watto or uh, Newt Gunray there at, the minute, at, the last, at the last second.
1: Um, <laughs> it's Wu-Ray. Um, wa, like wa- ray Wa-Ray. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, that's my number five. What is awesome. your number five?
0: My number five uh, is is a really fun scene. Uh, I'm calling it "Nurse and Protect." Oh, um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, this is, of course, uh, when IG Eleven comes back for uh, the the child, as he's being called at the time. Uh, rescues him from the scout troopers and then just goes into town guns blazing like a freaking one man wrecking ball um on the speeder bike it's so good so good i don't have a lot to say about it because i think it, it, it's just an action sequence and i and i thoroughly enjoy it um i i love the fact that you know grogu is absolutely having the time of his life being zoomed around on the speeder bike you know <laughs> yeah even though there's blaster fire going on all around him um, and the the great way that they uh, that they show um, IG 11 rotating his torso around to you know put grogu behind him when he's going into you know a line of fire uh, is just a great you know little touch um that i thought was great you know it's 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 fantastic to to see ig11 in action and this is by far my favorite of his uh his things that he ever does so is the nurse and protect moment so i had to put it in here it's just so so good um yeah yeah i love
1: the uh the music in that moment is one of my favorite you know musical cues from ludwig look Gordonson gave us. It's just so cool. Um, And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a cool moment because we get to see, you know, what, what could an IG 11 unit be also, you know, what what happens if this, it's, it's job, it's task, if you will, is to just simply to protect. And it's like, wow, this is, this is the best nurse droid in the world. (laughs) You know, um, take a seat, three (laughs) PO. You've been (laughs) replaced.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, so, but he's programmed for etiquette and protocol, not nursing. You know, so <laughs> yeah. there is. Or in this case, destruction. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there must be some mistake. I'm programmed for etiquette, not destruction.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's so, a that's a great moment. Yeah, that's my number five. What's your what's your number four, Carl? Well, Bring us some more bounty hunter. You
1: got it. So similar, similar feel, kind of, kind of chasey. So here's my first Embo moment. It's it's I'm calling it Embo Snow Chase. And this is of course oh, right. from uh I believe season six. Uh it's the Clovis arc in season six. I can't yeah. remember the name of the episode, I should have wrote that down, doesn't matter. But it's the you know when Embo is chasing Clovis, Anakin, and Padme, as they you know, he he you know, they're taken off down this snowy mountain and embo just again pull we see him use his helmet a lot his helmet hat just throws it down onto the snow and takes off after them you know jason as you know from many years of podcasting chase scenes typically aren't my jam but this is right. such a great chase scene and it's it's just so fun like watching embo essentially sled on his hat you know, this is something yeah. if this had come out, when, like if I had been watching this as like a, you know, an eight to 12 year old, I would have gone out back during the snowy months of upstate New York and tried sledding on like a very small tray to pretend it was Embo's hat. Right. Like this is something I would have loved to have tried to recreate as a kid. Um, it's just it's super, super fun. And, um, you know, we we see Embo going like toe to toe against the chosen one, Anakin. And, you know, he's. Not even remotely intimidated. And then, you know, I don't think the job was ever to actually kill them. It was to drive them back to Coruscant in in the sense of danger. And you find out who hired him Sidious, which again, like this is yeah. gag, my, one of my continued claims when people are like, Cad Bane's the best. Nah, he's not. Edbo is the best.
0: Um, you know. I'm so sorry. Sidious hired. Had Bane to break into the Jedi Temple, so easy. He didn't didn't, so easy. Embo
1: would have done that in like in his sleep. Um, Embo has to create emotional drama. He knows Cad Bane can't handle that. No, I'm I'm just being a butt nugget now. But um, (laughs) I just I love it though that like Sidious Sidious sought him out, right? And I I feel like a lot of times in Star Wars, at least for me, what makes a bounty hunter, you know. Scary, intimidating and powerful is ultimately who hired them. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's hired by the scariest person in the galaxy, just like Cad Bane is. Um, and you know, it's, it's clear that Embo is, he's, he's high up in the echelon of bounty hunters or else Sidious would have hired someone else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great moment. It's super fun. I, again, I don't have tremendous amounts to say about it. And then just the way it ends with, and Merrick picks up his hat for him. <laughs> you know, I yes. love his... Re- even, yes. like, who doesn't love a bounty hunter with a pet? Like, he's the only one. It's awesome. Uh, so, yeah,
0: it's that's why it's my number four. It's just super fun to watch. That's great. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that scene was in contention for my list, um, but... It ended up getting just, you know, edged out a little bit. Um, that is uh, Season 6 of Clone Wars, uh, episode titled An Old Friend. So right. I looked that up for you. Thank you. So, um, well, uh, we're going to stay in the Clone Wars uh, for uh, our, our my number four. Um, however, we're going to go back to Season 4 in the episode Bounty. Um, this is the episode where... Assage Ventress teams up with Boba Fett and his mm, crew. Yeah, um, and I wanted to put something with Assage Ventress on my list because she does become a bounty hunter um, after her time with the Separatists uh, for a time. Um, but this is, you know, I say this is the the uh, moment where Assage alters the deal. Um, <laughs> so obviously, we have the. the uh, the princess, the the child bride that is being uh, taken to a disgusting, you know, excuse for a you know sentient creature, um, and is attempted to be rescued by her brother and their their uh, forces. Um, Asajj and Boba's team fights them off, captures the brother, uh, and it's just. Assage and boba left uh to deliver the rent the uh the cargo as they mm-hmm. were calling it um and the girl makes an appeal to assage um and you know that that remind Assage of what happened to losing all of her you know night sister family Mm -hmm. um and Asash decides to change the deal a little bit uh and delivers boba fett bound and gagged in the crate instead of the girl um and gets away with the the bounty um and then doubles the bounty by essentially ransoming the girl back to her people um so <laughs> yep <laughs> uh but she feels good about herself at the end of the day so uh there's that i guess um but yeah i love the scene i love the the uh the fight that happens in the train uh between assaj and the brother uh, i like the tension between assaj and boba and the fact that boba thinks he's in charge and assaj is like yeah that's not the way this is working at all um and then of course just the the resolution of the situation is a great uh is is humorous um but also makes you go hmm is Assange really a lost cause so uh i don't know i i've always enjoyed that episode and that's my favorite moment from it so yeah
1: i I love that 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 train sequence, um, you know. And again, like kind of like I was talking about just a minute ago with my my Django Zam um, moment is again. This is that you know we we see bounty hunters working as a team and we see how effective they are as a team. Uh, it's yeah, such a such a great. That, that's one of my favorite Clone Wars episodes. I love that episode so much. Um, so awesome
0: that it made the made your list. Yeah. All right, sir. We're we're at to, up to number three. What's your number three? My number three is. It, it's,
1: I, I'm just going to call it a window into a bigger world, and it's the the scene on uh, in Empire Strikes Back when they're all gathered together on the Executor when Vader gathers his hunters, if you will. Uh, I love this scene. It's so cool, uh, and you know, kind of the the point I was just making with that 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 scene from Embo, right? Uh, who who does Vader call again? we – this may have been explored in some of the old EU canon um, like did did Vader just put out an open call and these are the ones that made it or did he contact them specifically? I don't remember and I'm sure someone listening probably does. So please feel free to tell us. Um, but, uh, you know, these are the folks that the Lord the Dark Lord of the Sith, one of the most powerful beings in the entire galaxy. These are the folks he gathers together to to go to go on the hunt. Um, and I just I love the way that the scene opens where we get that POV shot, if you will, from down in the crew pit, you know, right after Pieta says, you know, bounty hunters, we don't need that scum. And it's looking up the way Irvin Kirshner chooses to shoot this kind of looking up. It gives these bounty hunters an intimidating presence right out the gate, right? Like we're looking up at them. We're these little beings beneath them. They're standing above us. They're big and powerful. And then you got Boss who growls something at you. And this was always one of the things that drove me nuts in Clone Wars is when they had Boss start speaking English. Um, it was just like, no, like his, it, you know, Trandoshan. I mean, granted, yes, maybe he speaks basic and Trandoshan, but just like listening to him, like snarl something in Trandoshan just made him scary and very snake like. Uh, he was this intimidating reptile, uh, very cold blooded. Um, and then they try to make him into a, you know. A, a, kid's, a kid's friend, <laughs> which, which to be fair, they don't quite do that, but uh, all the same. Um, but yeah, I, you know, this scene is, I, I love scenes like this because they're all about world building. When I first saw Empire Strikes Back, this scene would just like grab me, you know, the, the, the bridge of the executor, you know, everybody's in gray, black, white or something. And then you've got this, like this menagerie <laughs> of like really, really ugly, grotesque looking creatures That you know just want to hunt and kill for money and you know I just remember even as a kid thinking like wow what are their stories and then luckily because I got into Star Wars in 95 96 in 1996 we got the Tales of the Bounty Hunter book from Kevin J. Anderson and I was like now I know all their stories (laughs) and I loved loved them all Um,
0: yeah
1: so yeah that that is my number three
0: no it's a good it's a good scene it's a classic scene um it didn't make my list, uh, but it is—it is always a very classic scene, and you know, we obviously the infamous line of "No disintegrations, uh, as you wish," you know, is is immortalized um, from that scene. So it's it's fantastic. I I I get the idea that Bosk probably um, around imperial types, uh, especially like you know officers. Resorts to speaking in Trandoshan because he knows that they can't understand him um <laughs> so uh, i that's kind of always been my my sus- my suspicion, um especially now that we know he' speaks basic, and they had to do that for a cartoon because they can't just have a whole episode with him in subtitles um true but well, uh <laughs>
1: well, they could, but they chose not to
0: <laughs> fair um. But yeah, no, it's it's a great scene. Um, I, I've always enjoyed the crew there, and I think uh, my favorite of the bounty hunters might be Zuckus of those bounty hunters. I don't know, uh, just in terms of look. Um,
1: yeah. Well, it's funny you say that so. because you know that that episode I recorded for next week, uh, Ben's oldest son is a huge Zuckus fan and made his own Zuckus cosplay that he brought to Celebration in Chicago a couple of years ago. And people were nuts about it because first off, it was an awesome costume that he handmade. And secondly, who who cosplays as Zuckus? <laughs> so.
0: It is an excellent costume. If you saw a short Zuckus um, at Zuckus, Celebration Chicago. Zuckus
1: is short though. That's the thing. The actress it's that true. played Zuckus, I think she was like five feet exactly. She was very small.
0: Yeah. So, but so if you saw Zuckus at Celebration Chicago in 2019, it was probably Ben's son.
1: Yeah. So it
0: was absolutely uh, Ben's son.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways. it's a fantastic yeah.
0: costume too. Yeah. So
1: well, Ben will share a little bit more about that on next week's episode.
0: <laughs> Perfect. So there's a preview for you, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> my my number three though. Um, we're gonna. Uh, go back to the Clone Wars, um, and this is all the way back to season one uh, of the Clone Wars, but the finale episode, uh, Hostage Crisis. Mm. Um, I cannot have a bounty hunter list without having my man Cad Bane featured, and his Senate takeover at the beginning of Hostage Crisis that, you know, obviously he was, you know, directing a team, but it was his team that he put together to, to do this, um, systematically worked their way, you know, in the hangar down the halls and ultimately to the interior of the Senate where the senators were, uh, to take over the Senate and, uh, hold a bunch of senators hostage, including going so far as to killing one who didn't take him seriously. So, uh, it, it's always been a very, you know, cool and, 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 you know, impressive scene to me to, you know, uh, and obviously there's the moment where he, you know, tosses the thermal detonator into the room with all the guards, um, and then like taps his hat, uh, as it blows up and the door falls out into the hall again. Uh, that's kind of iconic to Cad Bane now. Um, but yeah, I, I've always enjoyed that, that episode. Uh, a lot it's a very good episode and the you know the takeover of the senate is impressive and um i thoroughly enjoy it so yeah so it's, it's a fantastic introduction to cad bane who's my favorite bounty hunter so
1: yeah and you're not alone in that jason so many people love cad bane and I get it. Like he's, he's a very, I mean, he's, he's the star Wars version directly of Clint Eastwood, right. From good and the bad and the ugly and all those famous Westerns. And uh, this is me just interjecting even though it's not a moment, Um, but that, that showdown between Cad Bane and Hunter and, and bad batch was so, so cool. Um, Yeah. You know, just the way it's shot, the way they play the music out. I mean, he is, he is the gunslinging bounty hunter. Um, And I think a lot of folks when, uh, you know, chapter six of Mandalorian had first premiered um, chapter five, excuse me, where they're on Tatooine and that, you know, that ending shot where somebody goes to Fennec's aid, like now we know it was Boba, but a lot of folks thought it was Cad Bane. A lot of folks thought it was Cad Bane. Um, And there's no reason to think we may not get a live action Cad Bane in the book of Boba Fett. I'd love to see Boba Fett kill him, just to remind you all he ain't the best. And then Embo comes in and just says, I'm the best. I can't. can't, OK, I can't do do the Dave Filoni French Embo. Um, But yeah, no, that's a great moment. Uh, So. All right. Well, my number two gonna go back to my favorite bounty hunter which of course is embo and it's the scene you mentioned earlier jason which is embo taking out that spy uh i you know nothing nothing profound to say here other than it was just a really cool introduction to the character i mean we'd seen him in snippets like i i I feel like this is a this is a one place, Jason, where it's really valid to just say, I like that bounty hunter because of what he looks like. That's why we all loved Boba Fett. He didn't do a damn thing in Empire Strikes Back and people loved him. I mean, he stood there and walked around and people were obsessed with him. So like to see Embo in that that shot, you know, where they surround Anakin and Ahsoka and and, and Obi-Wan. It's just like, wow, I already love him just visually. He's such a striking figure. He looks so cool and then in this particular moment is when we really see him spring into action. First off, he basically has like a uh a convert a, a convertible bowcaster, you know? Um yeah. it's it looks just like a bowcaster and thanks to Force Awakens we know how much those things kick and bo- and here's Embo shooting it one-handed, NBD. Um and you know, he just he takes off after this spy and in my head, Canon Jason, the the martial art we see him that employs to me, it's Teres Kasi. Um, it's the it's the only martial art name we have in Star Wars. You know, going back to the old awesome video game, but just seeing Embo just kick some butt hand to hand. He's very cold cold blooded in a sense about it but he also doesn't seem to revel in it and that this is why like i don't like cad bane i don't like cad bane because he is he likes being the villain he likes killing like that that's the impression i get and um i mean that's what makes him a deadly scary and cool character but embo i feel like he just does the job to do the job he doesn't necessarily revel in it um and this is to me is like he takes out that guy he doesn't do it slowly he doesn't take pleasure in it he just boom kicks your butt deflects the blaster bolts with his again that awesome helmet hat Um, and just, uh, just boom ends the fight. And, uh, I don't know. There's, there's just like, there's an, there's an honor to Embo that I, that I really appreciate. Again, it's, this is obviously me just reading into everything. This isn't anything that's explicitly said to us, but just the way he fights in that scene. Um, it's like, wow, he, he's done some like formal combat training, which to me tells me he's a disciplined person. Um, and, uh, and he does what he needs to do, and then then he's done with it, and he moves on. Um, and it's just like, yeah, there's there's such an there's an honorableness to him that I feel like just that there's no honor to Cad Bane in my book. Um, and again, this is I don't mean to like crap all over him, but it, that that's why like that's why I love the character of Embo as opposed to this other character. You know, um, these are the things that I think are so cool about Embo, and and that's to me what we get in this scene. Um, so yeah, that's my number two.
0: It's a good scene. As I, as I said earlier, it was on my honorable mentions. So, um, my number two takes us to Attack of the Clones. This is my only film moment here, uh, that I have on my list. So, um, and not a shot is fired. And the only shot fired is always a pleasure to meet a Jedi. So. (laughs) <laughs> it is the scene where Obi-Wan and Django Fett talk. Um so <laughs> so I, I've always loved this scene. It is so good. It is verbal sparring, um, you know, mental chess as each of them tries to figure out exactly their next move. They both know why the other is there, um and, and that it's not gonna, you know end at the end of this conversation. So, um, so I, I love it because it is, uh, such a, a great, um, a great scene where, where they're essentially using politeness and cordial words to, to, to duel. Uh, and it kind of comes out in a draw. So, um, I, I think it's fantastic. So,
1: yeah, it's, uh I mean, there's so many ways we can talk about that scene, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's just so good. And it shows a different side. Uh, you know, it it shows a, a, an important side of being a bounty hunter, too. It's not just what can you do with your fisticuffs and your blasters and jetpacks. But it's also what do you do in situations like this? And, you know, like the way you put it, Jason, it is a sparring scene. Uh, it's a very specific kind of spar and it's mm-hmm. Definitely a draw. Definitely a draw. Yeah. If anything, I'd almost say yeah. Django won round one because you know Obi-Wan's there trying to pry out these very specific things and he even leads him right to it and he just sidesteps it so effortlessly.
0: You know, he just he just moonwalks yeah. away. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and, 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 and Well and, I yeah. I call it a draw because uh Django does that, but Obi-Wan also got confirmation that Django is the bounty hunter he's looking for
1: yes so not, without also without having to directly say it exactly yeah, that's a great point exactly yeah but so but it's so, so good like um and and you know that that line we both love always a pleasure to meet a jedi you know it, yeah. it, it's probably not the first jedi he's ever met and and not just you know and uh if anything this might be the first jedi he's met that kind of gives him a run for his money you know um
0: so possibly yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it makes Django kind of uh, it makes it impressive because I don't think most bounty hunters would be able to do this. Right. Uh, most bounty hunters are people of action uh, you know that that is what their their focus is and their skill set is. Um, Django is all that, but he also uh, has this ability to keep up uh, you know a, a duel with words. Um, against a Jedi who is hot on his tail um, and basically has him dead to rights, he just can't do anything about it in front of Ton Wee. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I I could watch that scene on repeat, Jason. Uh, yes, me too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. It's so good. Oh man! Um, All right, sir. My what one. is your favorite Bounty Hunter moment? Yeah,
1: I'd like to – like I'm curious if you could guess it. Um, I, I don't have a clue what yours is going to be. But I feel like – again, I'm the pop-up book here. I'm easier to read. Um, so d- d- at least just guess who might be in it. Like who who do you think is the Bounty Hunter that I'll feature in my number one?
0: Uh, Well, I want to say Embo just because Embo. But <laughs> – I'm more inclined to say Boba Fett. You would be right. It is Boba Fett.
1: And uh, while Boba Fett is no longer my favorite bounty hunter, and again, we've talked about this, especially on our our trailer of Boba Fett uh, episode a few weeks back. You know, Boba Fett was a favorite character of mine growing up for all the reasons so many folks loved him in 1980. Um, He just looked cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he was my entrance into a love and appreciation of the bounty hunter side of Star Wars. So to me, nothing beats that than Boba Fett on Cloud City. Uh, so I'm 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 slumping two scenes together because they're both so short. Um, but it's of course Boba Fett waiting for Vader outside the torture chamber, and then again in the carbon freeze chamber. And I just love them. Again, these are not these are not scenes of action at all. But Vader specifically in Empire Strikes Back. He is he's a scary dude. You know, we've seen him kill two people with the force. Uh, you know, he is a force to be reckoned with. And here you've got Boba Fett like making demands of him essentially, right? Almost speaking to him as an equal, like, yes, he's working for, for Vader here, but I also get the sense that if Boba, you know, got bored or while he's even on that job, got a call for a a even more high paying job, he'd have just left Vader in the dirt. Like, I feel like he has no qualms about that. Um, So just again, just like seeing the way he interacts with Vader is enough to tell you, like, this guy's he's badass. Like, you know, he's not afraid to go toe to toe with Darth Vader. And speak to him as if he were an equal. Uh, good to be
0: dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's no good to be dead as Han Is Han screaming in the background. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and you know, even even I love the little reveal moment in the dining room scene. You know, the, di- the dining room surprise is still my favorite moment in all of Star Wars. And Boba Fett just stepping out from behind the, the, the wall there and an interesting as I was thinking about this as I was thinking about him in that movie, as I was putting my notes together, it just, again, whether it's meant to be this or not, Boba is a character who, who for all intents and purposes, he hides in the shadows. We know nothing about him. And when he steps into the light, we still know nothing about him, <laughs> you know? So like all of those scenes, like he does so little and yet you want to know so much, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the stuff that, you know, it's the stuff that, uh, imaginations are built on. Um and, and so I love that about him. And the fact that he's you know, working for Vader while also working for Jabba. I mean, this is the guy who's working for the two of the scariest, deadliest people in the galaxy. And and like that's the world he runs in. That's the world he exists in. And, you know, he's just someone that he's he ain't afraid of anything. You know, he's not afraid yeah. to 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 walk through this very dangerous world and that's where he feels at home. You know, um, I mean, it's just, you know, you think of somebody walking through like a very dangerous part of a city somewhere late at night, you know, and just being totally cool with it. That's Boba Fett. Like he he ain't afraid of a damn thing. Um, And when you're a kid, even though like, yes, you know, like he's, he's he's a cold-blooded bounty hunter. But as a kid, I mean, the appreciation of that particular element of a character was, wow, I wish I was that cool. You know, I wish I was that confident that I could just stroll around and not be afraid of anything. Um, you know, I think that's, that's a very attractive attribute of the character. And I remember when I was a kid, um, I think I've shared this before, but the, the first action figure I ever bought from the power of the force two line was the Boba Fett figure. And I remember I'm going to retell that story again really quick, just cause I love nostalgia stories. Um, but when we were at the, the, the store called Ames, which has been out of business for probably 30 years now. But my mom was going in there to pick something up off layaway and you have to walk by the toy section to go to layaway. And I knew that those toys were coming out cause I'd read it in a magazine and my mom was, I was like, mom, can I stop by the toy section? She's like, yeah, "Yeah, Sure. So I go down and Oh my God, star Wars figures on these gorgeous orange cards. They're super jacked. Like, You know, He Man Han, He Man Luke, you know, they're all (laughs) hanging there on those pegs. My eyes, I mean, they're cartoon wide. And my mom comes back and she was so sweet. She's like, all right, well, you can get one because I didn't have any money. I mean, it was like, you know, what was I I was I was eight years, nine years old. Um, And my mom's like, well, I'll I'll, you I'll I'll get you one. And I was like, oh, what do I get? And uh, so, like, of course, I first grabbed Han because he's my favorite character. But I was like, I don't know. I just kept looking at Boba Fett. I was like, but this figure looks so cool. So I bought, you know, I got Boba Fett. And as we're driving home from Ames, my mom's like, Who's that guy? And I was like, Boba Fett. He's a bounty hunter. She's like, Oh, is he a bad guy? I was like, Well, no. He's he's a bounty hunter. Like he gets he he could work for the good guys or the bad guys. Whoever's willing to pay him. She's like, But he's a bad guy then, right? And I was like, No. And I remember like in my nine year old mind trying to make sense of that moral gray area that already was in Star Wars. Um, like yes, for all intents and purposes, Boba Fett is a villain in Empire Strikes Back because we always see him with the villain. Yeah. But like in my young mind, it was like, but no, he's not just that. Like, and I just remember trying to make sense of that with my, to my mom. It was just a very fond memory. Um, so, yeah, you know, and, and all of that love was based off of these little moments from Empire Strikes Back. You know, th- this is what made me fall in love with Boba Fett. So while Embo is by far my favorite bounty hunter, um, I'd, I'd be remiss not to say that this was these were the scenes that made me care about bounty hunters. So that is my number one.
0: Fair enough. Awesome. Um, my number one remarkably also includes Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, but from season two of Mandalorian. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into chapter 14, the tragedy. And this is obviously Boba Fett and Shand against the stormtroopers. Um, which is such a cool, cool scene. Um, You know, Fennec firing from long range, uh, ultimately, you know, rolling a boulder down the hill into the stormtroopers, like bowling pins, um, you know, all of that fun stuff, uh, using her marksman skills, and then Boba Fett uh, taking on stormtroopers uh, in his Tusken skills, his Tusken Raider skills, Um, Until he gets close enough to the razor's crest to go grab his armor. And then he comes in and obviously, you know, saves Fennec and Din at the end. um, And then shoots down both ships by hitting the one he was not trying to aim for uh, with his rocket. So, um (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I've... I thoroughly love this scene and enjoy this scene. It's just a really cool action sequence and um, you know the choreography and the um, you know the layout of the fight so to speak that they they had um, on the show was just terrific and uh, I, I've always you know, I will always look back on that as one of the coolest action sequences in, in Star Wars. So it's freaking awesome so um yeah that's my number one bounty hunter moment i am i, I carl i am shocked boba fett <laughs> made it into my number one bounty hunter moment but i can't begrudge him that scene that's a freaking amazing scene and uh it's part of what has me excited for book of boba fett in a month and a week yeah so yeah
1: yep it's, it's the same here um you know it, it was uh book of Boba Fett. I honestly didn't care much about it until the tragedy episode. Cause I was like, Oh, I love what they're doing with this character now. Um, and then, you know, again, just talking for the sense of the pure choreography of it of him, just kicking butt with a gaffy stick. Um, yeah. Cause, Cause again, like kind of going back to what I was saying at the top of the episode with what a lot of what Mandalorian gave us was, you know, getting to actualize these things that have only lived in our imagination up until, you know, 2019 and you know we've always wanted to see boba fett kick some tail and you know we get to see young boba fett do some cool stuff in the clone wars but he's still young boba fett we wanted to see boba fett the man of legend you know doing some 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 brutal stuff and boy do we get it there and i just i can't imagine what he's going to do in the, in his own show. Um, yeah, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a great moment to, to kind of round this out, Jason.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, and everyone should just go back and watch that scene now because it's cool and you won't regret it. So
1: yeah. And, <laughs> and the music in that scene is so cool. So cool. Ah,
0: Ludwig Goranson. Amazing.
1: Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> Excuse me,
0: yeah. So there well, you have it, yeah. Folks. There you do lots of bounty. I think we only overlapped on one, Carl. Yes, um, the, the Embo, the, the Embo scene, the Embo
1: one. Yeah, which means oh. that Embo is the best bounty hunter because we both agreed. Yeah. That's um, not what that means. That's well, hey, that's what you chose. So,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so annoying. Um, <laughs> that folks if you don't know by now, this is just a a friendly rivalry between Embo and Cad Bane that Carl and I have. So we will, we will poke fun at this forever. I think uh, until one of us decides they like another bounty hunter better. So, and
1: and the thing is Jason, unfortunately for me, the, the, the general fan base will always come down on your side. You know, people love Cad Bane and that's, I, I get it. He's so cool. I just don't like him. Um, and uh
0: that's fair you don't have to yeah Uh, um and i do so yeah no and And, like I get it welcome to being uh me you know where i'm like (laughs) i like this thing and everyone's like you're silly um so (laughs) well this is one place where no one would say that about you
1: at all they love cad bane um So, yeah, it, I, you know, while I don't I don't need to see live action Cad Bane and Embo in the book of Boba Fett, I sure would love it. And again, like while Cad Bane yeah. is not a favorite of mine, it would be really cool to see live action Cad Bane, you know. Um, yeah. And again, don't need to see it. Don't like my my appreciation or like of that show will not fall dependent upon those two cameos, but it would be really
0: cool all the same. I 100 percent in agreement with you there. I think that would be fan fr- frickin' tastic. If we saw those characters uh, in live action in Book of Boba Fett, so we at least, uh, they'd both be they'd both be getting on in years. So, well, they're, um, they're
1: alien species. We don't know. You know, ages species age differently. To quote IG Eleven, <laughs> so that's, that's um, like Aduros um, probably could be. I mean, I don't I don't actually know. I'm sure Wikipedia would tell us, but I bet you Aduros could easily live into the hundreds. So, um, maybe that's just my. Confession. And
0: nobody knows exactly what Embo is, so. Who knows how long Embo has species. been around, or will
1: continue to be around? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what kind of alien Embo is. It is known; it is it it has been named. He has a species name. I for, I freaking forget it. Um, so while you yes. kindly look it up, um, I'll say this: <laughs> the uh, Embo is certainly alive post Return of the Jedi because he is in the uh, the aftermath trilogy. I think he's in the third book. Uh, the same, this, it's essentially the same team that was in, uh, the, the bounty hunters clone wars episode where they're first introduced in season one. He's, he's running with much of the same crew. So after return of the Jedi, so there's no reason to think at least Embo couldn't show up. So,
0: um, did you find it? Yes. Uh, this Embo species is Qzo. Qzo. A Y U Z O. Yep. Yep. So I'm
1: embarrassed that I didn't, didn't remember that. Um, but yeah, so there you have it. There you have some of our favorite bounty hunter moments. Um, and just just to keep it simpler than going as big as moments, our next
0: poll that we we want to know who your favorite bounty hunter is. Indeed, um, you know, obviously you can tell from our conversation. Mine's Cad Bane. Carl's is uh, Embo. So we want to know who you like best. Um, Absolutely. So, Carl, if people want to weigh in on that poll or if they want to uh, talk to us about anything else Star Wars related, where can they do that?
1: Well, we are, of course, on Twitter at Wampas Lair. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Wampas Lair and you can always email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Excellent. Anything else you've got before we close down this episode? Uh, just a reminder again: if you uh,
1: are a Ghostbusters fan, definitely check out our Ghostbusters Afterlife episode that I did with Mike Cohen. I you know this week, and then uh, super excited to have Greg and Ben on next week to talk about their uh, their experiencing experience raising kids on Star Wars.
0: Yeah, that's that's gonna be some cool stuff. So please stick around for that, and uh, remember, no good to me dead. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for uh, listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 445, Top 5 Bounty Hunter Moments. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair.